0: Hey guys welcome to podcast number three this is your host steve and with me as always is my co-host toby toby how's it going
1: it's going pretty great how about you
0: i'm doing pretty well i'm really excited to record episode number three and last time we talked about why we game and tonight what are we talking about
1: so tonight we're interested in the current generation of games and sort of like where things have gone and how we feel about it and yeah just our general thoughts about the current generation. So that is, that includes the PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, 3DS, PlayStation Vita, and maybe Switch. Maybe you could include the Switch, but we kind of like don't really agree about that completely, but um yeah, that's kind of like what we want to talk about.
0: I'm kind of ready to call the Switch a ninth generation console.
1: Yeah, no I I think I'm kind of a lo- on in on that too. Uh, my only thing about it would be like most of like, or not not most, but some of the really big games, namely Breath of the Wild, are obviously like eighth generation games, you know, because like the switch, the, it came out for the Wii U. So, uh, but so it's like eighth generation games have been ported to it, but I think a lot of people still consider it ninth generation.
0: But I think you've seen this a lot in the last couple generations. Even back, you know, you're talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild. Twilight Princess was technically a GameCube game, but they put it on the the, uh, Wii as a launch game, I believe. Mm -hmm. Or if not a launch game, a very early game. And you see a lot of games coming back with, like, HD remasters and stuff. So I don't think that, like, defining a console by uh, the past generation's games you see is exactly a fair way to represent it.
1: Yeah, maybe not. I feel like there's arguments both ways. Um, but I don't know. I think for most of the conversation that we're gonna have tonight we probably won't include the Switch, just because I think most people say it's probably ninth generation.
0: And we talked to death about Breath of the Wild.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Alright. So just to get things started tonight, uh what what would you say who do you think which console do you think won this generation, in your opinion?
0: <laughs> um You say say that like there's a uh, choice. Uh, (laughs) There's a choice. Yeah, I'm pretty amazed that this generation came out as good as it did, seeing the lack of competition, because clearly in the console wars, PlayStation 4 has to be considered the winner. I mean, it's got the biggest library, the biggest number of units sold, um, the Xbox One... I don't. I don't know exactly how many units it sold, but it definitely hasn't sold up to standard. The Wii U failed. The PlayStation Four is definitely the winner.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I sort of. I bought my PS Four like not even a year ago, actually, which is kind of super sad. But just the games I played on it so far have convinced me that this is, that, that it is the uncontested winner of this generation. But. Um, yeah, I mean we can maybe we'll probably get into that a little bit more. But what do you think about the other consoles like especially like the Xbox One or the uh Wii U? Like what happened with those?
0: Well I want to say for Nintendo, they didn't completely uh fall off the map because the 3DS did really well and it's still going and there's a lot of great 3DS games. So with that in mind, I think the Switch oh sorry, the uh Wii U. The Wii U just wasn't marketed well. People didn't know it was a new console. It didn't really have, like, modern technology in terms of, like, the the graphics and the, the um, CPU. And it just wasn't quite there with the advertising and what they were offering. And they never got third party on board. I think a lot of stuff just went wrong. But despite that, the Wii U actually had quite a few good games. And it was a really cool piece of hardware.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they could have probably done the design of the handheld a little bit better. Maybe because I, you know, like I've heard it described as like just a giant Fisher Price toy, but uh, maybe that's a little harsh. But I, I think I, it's
0: harsh. I played the Wii U a little bit. I never owned one, and it's actually yeah, sad. I never, own, I never owned one either. I don't know about for you. This is the very first. This is actually historic outside of the Virtual Boy, which doesn't really count. This mm-hmm. is the first Nintendo console I've never owned.
1: Yeah, actually, same with me. It's super sad.
0: So it's kind of sad, yeah. But I, from what I played of the Wii U, I actually quite like the controller it was pretty cool it's big it sits in your hands comfortably yeah that's true the output is pretty much the same thing you're seeing on the tv and yeah i thought it was really cool i thought it was a cool console cool, cool controller but now that most mm-hmm. of the games are getting ported to the switch there's very little reason to buy one
1: Hmm. well yeah now now especially but um i think i think history will probably agree that the console like had good games it was it just suffered from i think like marketing dude like marketing is a huge factor in it's in it's failing like the name itself is just awful like why does it why is it called the wii u like give it a better name than that
0: yeah i mean that's i mean this has probably been talked about quite a bit but it just sounds like it would be an expansion to the wii or something it doesn't yeah. sound like a new console at all
1: yeah, like the American market just did not understand this thing. And I think that and I think Nintendo has sort of learned from that. And I really hope we don't see a repeat of the of these of this kind of like market failure with the with the Wii U. But um but I don't know. What are your thoughts about X Bone? <laughs> uh,
0: the Xbox One. Um I don't want to say too much with the Xbox One. I've never owned one and actually I'm not even sure I played an Xbox One, which is really sad. Have you played the Xbox One at all? Um,
1: a little bit, but not, not very much. So, okay. So like, yeah. And and then I think there's actually a pretty good reason for this. Like the Xbox one, just, there's almost no reason to really have one. Like you can play most of the games on the Xbox one on a, on a PC. Um, and, and a lot of people have PCs and, you know, there's like, there's, there's very little incentive to actually own one. And if you're really into consoles, it seems like you should get the console that has the best exclusives, and that is obviously the PS4. So
0: I would say unless you really love the Xbox exclusives, like you're really into first person shooters, you're really into those intense action games like Gears of War, Halo, or Left 4 Dead, which is actually a series I think is a lot of fun. I like Left 4 Dead. But um, I think unless you're really into one of those, yeah, the PS4 has a lot better exclusives, yeah. or at least a lot more of them.
1: Yeah. And and maybe we're alienating some of our audience, uh, because I do think the Xbox One came ahead in performance. I'm I am i am not I'm pretty sure that's true. Although although the Xbox One and PS4 are fairly close and fairly comparable. There's not like a significant difference between the two. Yeah, and there. I think
0: people still say the Xbox One has a more secure online online servers and an online service. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. Xbox One has one really cool thing that PS4 has completely dropped the ball on and the xbox xbox 1 actually offers backwards compatibility you can play your old 360 oh, yeah, right. games on it
1: mhm yeah and that's pretty big i mean I, I do think the xbox like tried with the like or microsoft tried with the xbox and they tried with like with the xbox 1 uh and they probably succeeded more than nintendo succeeded with the wii u but um, compared to the ps4 it's just not i mean it just doesn't have anywhere near the, the same number of like units sold and stuff like that
0: no i mean ps4 is going to be one of the one of the best selling consoles of all time
1: yeah 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 I think, for sure. I think
0: it's over 80 million units sold now it's pretty pretty mm-hmm.
1: good yeah yeah but i guess the, the other part of the discussion of the generation would just be the handhold so what do you think about 3ds and, and vita
0: uh, like like I said again, I've never owned a Vita. It has a. I think I would love the Vita because it has a lot of RPGs on it, and it has a lot of like old school games. So I think that part. I think if I owned a Vita, I would really love it. But I've never owned one, just because I ended up choosing the 3DS over it, and I don't regret that because I really loved my 3DS when I had it. I unfortunately sold it when I got the PS4 because I was trying to save money and I didn't want to have two systems going at once. But I had a lot of fun with my 3DS. I didn't really like the 3D feature at all. I thought it was completely superfluous, and it actually kind of distracted me from the games at times. But it had a great library, and it had a lot of different kinds of games on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly love the 3DS. It's, I think it's going to go down as like maybe one of the greatest, or not the greatest, hand like dedicated handheld uh, device like that.
0: Yeah, not to mention you can put in your old DS games and the DS has one of the best gaming libraries of all time. I was a very early adopter of the 3DS. I had I think I had a maybe on launch. I got a 3DS right when it came out and they had that gimmicky uh, ambassador program because they, it took it took a price drop for about 100 US dollars within the first 6 months of being out because of uh, poor sales. And to accommodate all the people who had bought a 3DS and had basically paid an extra 100 dollars Nintendo made something called the Ambassador Program, where they were going to give you a bunch of old, old games for free, like a bunch of Super Nintendo games, Nintendo games, which wasn't really like the best solution, but at least Nintendo tried to uh, accommodate their fans, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what what games do you really like on the 3ds?
1: I mean, I played I played a bunch of them. I played a, like some games. I actually, did you ever play the Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion that came out for uh, 3ds?
0: i did a little bit
1: yeah yeah i played that i mean there's just dark, a whole dark
0: Moon, i believe it's called dark moon
1: oh yeah dark moon yeah dark moon's great um i don't man it's it's been a while like i'm a fan... i'm a huge fan of like the pokemon games and um you know i love i love like all the games i there's actually you know I... later on i may go back to that library and kind of like finish off some of those games a little bit more but what about you what's like a title on that that you really liked
0: um, there's a, no, there's a lot of them, actually. I would say, if you're talking about the Pokemon games, I thought Pokemon X and Y were the most intriguing Pokemon games since Gold and Silver. They looked beautiful, they had a lot of the original Pokemon in them, and it was just so much fun to play Pokemon in 3D, or kind of 3D. Um, fire <laughs> Emblem, Fire Emblem's always really great. Nice. That, the fire, that first Fire Emblem game, which I forget the name of, was amazing uh mario and 3d land was a lot of fun oh yeah oh yeah
1: i got mario and 3d land i love that game oh and also uh dude the uh, link between worlds
0: link between worlds is amazing as well really first return to 2d zelda in a long time yeah 3ds has a lot going for it it's a really yeah cool, yeah, it's yeah. A really cool game. yeah
1: really great all right well i mean i guess since we're, we're talking about some games um what were your top games uh I'll, I'll you say yours and i'll say mine for the this this generation what do you think
0: Okay, that's a that's a really hard question. There's been a lot of really yeah. good ones, especially for the PS4. Oh, there's mm-hmm. so many great games. And there's so many great games I haven't played yet. Yeah, I nice. literally have, I mean, I could literally not buy a game that comes out in the future for another two years, and I would have plenty of older games just on this generation alone to play. Mm-hmm. But anyway, enough blabbering about that. Uh, one game I really loved, which you know I love, it's probably one of the best RPGs I've played in at least a decade, is Persona 5. I love Persona 5. Everything about it. Persona 5 has... The storyline is so dark and has some of, like, the... You know, the first storyline, you're involving a teacher that's, like, sexually assaulted a student, and I just love how dark that series is going to get, but still, the the whole... Every game is kind of in the eyes of young people, students, and I just love the dark atmosphere of Persona. All of them, but Persona 5... I'm not going to say especially, but... What really blew my mind about Persona 5 was just how they actually managed to keep it so much like the older Persona games, but completely revamped the battle system in the dungeons to be more action-oriented, more fast-paced. And I've rarely ever seen a battle battle system that's that strategic in an RPG. Every single move you make with every character has ramifications, and you really have to think about how you're going to combo your attacks, what action you're going to do against like a boss. Persona 5 is absolutely one—it's one of my favorite RPGs of all time not just this
1: generation. Call out to uh, Metal Jesus. I'm sure some of our listeners know who that is. He's like a YouTube, uh, YouTube gamer celebrity. And, yeah, retro, retro role, gaming and a, celebrity. And a role model for, for us. But uh, but Metal Jesus actually doesn't like Persona 5 because he says it's, it's he doesn't like it that the fact that it's in high school. <laughs> and, and like, I don't know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I but, don't actually agree. Like, there's so much more to that game than just the high school part of it. I have like, to agree. There's, so, the game is so deep and it's like, it, it has to add so much to the game that's beyond just that little high school drama stuff. Like, it, it is like unbelievable. And you get a sense, you get like this like sense of Japanese culture and society from that game. And, and I feel like a lot of the stresses and pressures of, uh, you know, high school students, but just like anybody living in Japan, like you can kind of, you kind of get like a deep sense of that that I feel like, It's you know like other other mediums don't capture like as as well.
0: I completely agree. And one thing I just want to say really fast is Persona, at least Persona Four. Your kids are also in high school in Persona Four, and I think in Persona Three as well. But um, yeah, I mean they're in high school, but I also think that they're facing some really adult crises and some stuff that you wouldn't expect. They're not typical high school students. You know, this isn't your typical high school like it's kind of funny because you do have tests and you actually have to like study for them in the game and you have like your social life, all that stuff's there. But I mean, all this stuff going on with like taking the drug with that doctor and like finding like facing like um, students committing, trying to commit suicide. There's a lot of really adult themes in that game that it's really interesting to see people in that age group facing. Yeah, I, I
1: really, I really like it actually. I got, I got to keep playing that game.
0: But before we gush out more about that one, what's one of your favorites?
1: Sonic Mania.
0: Okay. Great choice.
1: Yeah. So like this game came out for, um, I know it came out for the switch and the PS4. Did it come out for Xbox one? I actually don't know.
0: I believe so. Yes.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the the greatest Sonic game I've ever played in my life, um. I mean, I have, I have a bunch of memories, you know, with the oh, Genesis, man. Genesis Sonics. But, but for me personally, like, I, I, I didn't really take those games that seriously because I never owned a Genesis as a kid. But, you know, I, I really got into Sonic Mania and just, yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. It was like, it really got me into platforming again. Like, it was really fun. I really liked it. What what are your thoughts about that game?
0: Well, you just defended a whole lot of Sonic 2 and Sonic CD fans. Well, yeah,
1: fair, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Cause, yeah, well, how, cause, yeah, well, half of each world has basically a throwback level, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I love Sonic Mania. I did play Sonic when I was a kid, but I never really owned uh, those Sega systems. I was playing them mostly at friends' houses, so I think the only Sonic I beat as a kid was actually the original. But yeah, Sonic Mania is just amazing. It's just amazing to see Sonic back in 2D again, like the way it should be. Like there's just been so many bad Sonic games or forgettable Sonic games over the years that it's amazing to see that Sonic can still exist in the modern gaming world. And just that game, the level design of that game is absolutely extraordinary. There's so much to explore. There's so much to do in each stage, the Chaos Emeralds, the lower tracks, the higher tracks, the throwback stages. I loved everything about Sonic Mania. And I'm not sure it's my favorite Sonic game, but if it's not my favorite Sonic game, it's really, really close. Yeah. Sonic CD is pretty special to me too, but yeah, Sonic Mania just, geez, that's an absolute surprise surprise game that we're lucky to have.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. So, what's another game for you?
0: Uh, one that I don't know if you're going to agree with agree with me on this one or not. The The Witcher Three. I mean, a lot of people call it the best game of this generation. I'm not. I'm certainly not alone in this opinion. Um, the Witcher was actually, that's the first game I remember getting, that's the first big game I remember getting when I got my PS4, and I was a little skeptical because I hadn't really been big on open world games, but I I loved The Witcher 3. The first few hours were a bit uh, taxing because it's, there's a lot to learn and the battle system is quite tricky, but, oh man, that game, I, I just, I'm not, I've, there's rarely a world that immersive, like... In the side quest, the side quest, every single character in the side quest, all the quests are so fleshed out. Like, it's amazing how much attention to detail is given to all the side characters and all the special tasks you have to do.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, the, this is the depth of that world. It, it's, it's unreal. Uh, what, what is the, the game that, that you play during that game? Do you remember uh, the name of it? Gwent. Gwent, yeah, like that's like a thing. Like it's this whole standalone thing, and and you can play it like completely outside of The Witcher now, and it's you know, huge, and people like it, and I think that's really cool. Like, did you in, play like, a lot of Gwent in your? I, I didn't play. I actually never. did. I didn't really get into Gwent. <laughs> I didn't get into Gwent, but I know people who really do like Gwent. So
0: I couldn't um, really get into it much. I think just because yeah. my cards were kind of terrible, and I was so yeah. kind of obsessed with playing the, I was so obsessed with playing through the actual world. I didn't want to spend too mm-hmm. much time on the cards.
1: Yeah, you kind of I think you had to kind of go out of your way to find the good cards to make Gwent really worth it, but
0: You do. Yeah.
1: I just I just thought that that the The Witcher was an open world game, probably the maybe one of the best open world games of this generation and it, and it probably has the most depth of any game that I've I, played.
0: I think it's easily one of the best open world games of all time, not even just yeah, this yeah. generation. Um yeah, just, the battle system is really intense and once you get the hang of it, it's really fun. The side quests are really flushed out. The world is so cool. Like I you I love dark atmospheres. You know, I've already talked about Persona 5 here. Mm-hmm. The Witcher 3 is I'm I'm strolling through these like these like kind of crags and dark like alley not dark alleys, dark paths. And there's this kind of eerie music playing, and I'm just seeing like these ha- these people hanged from like trees and stuff. I'm like, oh man, this is a really like kind of bleak, oh, dismal world. But it's, it's so, so dark, dude. Yeah, I love it. It's so dark, but it's so lively. There's so many interesting and cool characters you meet along the way. Yeah, and,
1: Do you, yeah. Did you did you get to that part? I think it's it's probably in like the first like ten to ten percent of the game or something. But you encounter this. Uh, it's kind of it's like a castle and there's like a lord in there and you can do like one of the options ends up you end up going to this like graveyard and you end up like like getting this like mandrake thing oh my god dude it's so it's so like haunting i still remember it
0: it's you know, intense. i don't know if i remember that specific detail i played that game when it came out and it feels like one big dream because i was really addicted to it yeah and <laughs> I haven't touched it since, not because I don't, yeah. not because I don't love it, just because it's such a big game to play through that I'm not sure I have the energy for it again.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. And and everybody has their own little experience through that game. You know what I'm talking about? Like it, like we all we all have like a different, a different memory of The Witcher Three. And I think that's kind of part of what makes that game great.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's different endings. There's different side quests you can do. You can play that game however you want. It's really amazing. You know, we gushed about Breath of the Wild, and I love Breath of the Wild, but The Witcher 3 is, I mean, they're both 10s out of 10s in my opinion. The Witcher 3 is just a different kind of game. It's a slightly different kind of game, but it's still amazing. Like, even if I prefer Breath of the Wild, I can't really, I would say both of them are absolute must plays.
1: So, but, yeah, so so I think, I think most of the other games that we have on our lists are games we've probably already talked about. But I do see that you have listed uh, transistor how do you what about what talk about transistor
0: Oh transistor is such a cool game. Uh, let me um, give a little shout out to the company that makes this game So it's a, it's a little indie company called um, supergiant games. They're actually becoming pretty big and they've only made three games. They made bastion, which is their first game it's an action RPG it's really awesome. Then they made transistor. Transistor is the very very first game I played through my PS4 because it was a free game when I first got it on the PSN store and oh man, it's such a cool game. It's only like six, seven hours. It's pretty short, but it's really amazing. It's like an action RPG, but in the battles, time freezes and you can plan out your attacks and you have a certain amount of like a gauge you can use for each attack. And once you use it up, you kind of have to see the battle through. And it's, it has a really cool narrative. There's a na- there's an actual narrator in the game, and you have a silent protagonist. And you're it's also a dark game. You're going through this kind of like dystopian world, and there's this kind of like backstory to why like why you're there. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's such a lovely game. Like it's really cool, and that company makes awesome games, and they're really cool. So I think everyone should at least try one of their games.
1: Yeah, if you like yeah.
0: RPGs. Yeah,
1: and then, and sadly, that's just one I have not played. But you you talked about it a lot, and I definitely I definitely also want to play Bastion as well. Do, is that would you recommend the Bastion?
0: Yeah, Bastion's a really cool game. Uh, they're different. I think if you want more of the narrative and you want more strategy in your battles, try uh, Transistor. If you want more of like kind of a throwback action RPG with lots of different weapons you can use, try Bastion. But they're both really good games, and they're both pretty short. You can beat both of them in maybe between five and ten hours.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. I am definitely going to check that out. Um but sort sort of just like moving along, I guess. Um so what what do you think about things that went well in this generation and sort of like where you want this generation to go in the future?
0: Um I think a lot of things have gone right with the PS4 and there's been some mishaps with the Nintendo and uh, Microsoft SENS. But I think that there's some there's some silver linings you can take away like I think it's really awesome that indie games have become as big as they are. this did start the generation before this more like the ps3 Xbox 360 generation but we now know for sure that indie games are here to stay they're not going anywhere
1: yeah for sure um, I mean there's been a lot of uh, crowdsourced. Indie games, which I think is a really interesting trend, and I hope it's something that will continue. Like, I think this trend started maybe in the previous generation, but this generation we've seen, you know, a series of very successful crowdsourced indie titles. Like, n- things that come to mind are things like Hat and Time, Ukulele, which people have different feelings about, but it's, it's definitely really popular.
0: There's another one that you have that I don't have that I really want to play called Shovel Knights.
1: Oh yeah, Shovel Knight, man, That's such a great game. Oh love Shovel Knight. I'm just, I just love, I just love platformers, man. They're my, they're like really close to my heart. I have to say, yeah,
0: platformers are great. And that's another thing. If you want to talk about things that have gone right this generation, there's a lot of great 2D platformers.
1: Yeah, like a return to form for 2D platformers. It's really cool.
0: And that includes one on the Wii U that I currently just got on the Switch, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is one of the best platformers I've played in the last decade. So 2D platformers are another very, very awesome thing with this generation. There's so many good ones.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely am going to pick up that game eventually. It's on my list for sure.
0: Well, there's a lot I haven't played yet, including Shovel Knight, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Shovel Knight is just so great uh the level design and like there's different characters you can play play through it with uh but it's just the it has this like lore that i think is something that probably it you know it's familiar to something that you may have seen in the nes era but i think it it's kind of like something that also that you it's probably like it has like a modern feeling even though it's like of that like the the graphics and stuff about that time so it's like i don't know it's like kind of like in both worlds a little bit as far as how it feels like it doesn't feel 100% like an nes game but you know it just reminds you and it has that like that nostalgic feeling that pulls you in and i really like it a lot
0: yeah you know i've definitely seen some stuff on shovel knight i did try it once actually it's not like i've never played it but um i think its biggest inspiration according to some source which i cannot remember <laughs> said that its biggest inspiration was mega man Mega Man. It has that sort of actiony feel to it. Like everything's kind of intense, and you can die. There's a lot of pits you can fall into. There's enemies you kind of figure out their patterns. But there's also some apparently some Castlevania, some Mario. There's a lot of a lot of inspirations from the best of the best NES games. So Shovel Knight's kind of a collection of a lot of great ideas and some unique new ones.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. There, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on. You, you, you can feel a lot of influences from different games. I think they have a lot of unique stuff that they've added to it too. It's not just, uh, it's not just a throwback game. I, I feel like it stands alone. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not alone in my love of Shovel Knight. <laughs> no, for That's sure. sure. It's
0: a, That's it seems like sure. a really great game. Um, there's yeah. another one I'm really excited about that just, well, it's a it's kind of a two-part game. So there's a game called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. And you know I love Castlevania. Castlevania is very close to my heart. It's one of my favorite series of all time. So Castlevania has kind of been in a lag for the last 10 years. But the most popular Castlevania game, debatably, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night released on the PlayStation. First, Metroidvania Castlevania. The creator of that game has gone on his own to make a game called Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, and they just released an 8-bit version of it, which is like a secondary game that accompanies the lore and kind of gives you more backstory to the characters and stuff and what the gameplay might look like on the actual game, which will come out later this year. But this NES-looking 8-bit version looks so amazing. It has the, the music style of Castlevania it has all the aesthetics. It basically looks like a Castlevania game, and that was a crowdsourced game that I'm really excited to play eventually when I get the time.
1: Yeah, I have I have, I have seen some gameplay from that, and it, it definitely looks pretty cool. Although I think my I think I am as much as I love pl- uh, platformers, I don't know I don't know how I feel about the me- Metrovania man. It's funny. It's funny because that platforming is just there's a it's a big genre. There's a lot there.
0: And it's kind of funny because you're a big Metroid guy, so I figured you might love kind of Super Metroid, one of the games that ended up starting that whole genre.
1: I, I guess I, I, I I'm not entirely consistent in the games that I like and don't like.
0: Well, we talked a lot about the good things. What do you think is kind of lacking in this generation?
1: Okay, so um, I think that PlayStation really struggled with. Uh, backwards compat, I mean, not necessarily hugely struggled, but it's unfortunate that the backwards compatibility has been kind of like an issue plaguing Sony. And I think it comes kind of with a uh, fairly good reason, namely that the current architecture of the PS4 is so vastly different from the PS3 architecture and the, you know, the, the previous ones to that, especially, well, the, the difference is just so significant that allowing, uh, like a virtual console or something may, may prove to be t- challenging for them, or maybe just would be expensive to port games. But even still, it's just unfortunate that they they kind of like have neglected their previous libraries, and it would be it would have been nice to see more of that.
0: Yeah, I mean that was for me a huge thing because I still have. A number of PS1, PS2 games, and I really love both those consoles. And they're like some of my some of those games you go back to every once in a while to like kind of feel that nostalgia. Like they're like home, you know. Like we all have those games, and for me, a lot of those are on the original PlayStation. So I don't my discs don't work in the PS4. There's almost no games for download on the PS4, and I'm living in Taiwan, so it's not really ideal to carry around a bunch of clunky consoles. And yeah, this was huge for me, because I thought when I first got my PS4, I'm like, oh yeah, I get to play my PS1 games, my PS2 games, I got the PS4s, I have all the new games, this is going to be amazing. Not the case. And Sony has put on like, a few PS1 games, like a few, I mean that like literally, and like maybe a good selection of PS2 games that are pretty expensive and more than I think they should honestly be, and then there's a sub- subscription service, PS Now for PS3 games, that I also think is fairly expensive. It's $20 for one month yeah. or $45 for three months.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the online stuff is... It's unfortunate that like we kind of have to like pay for online now, it seems like. It's just becoming the norm of the industry. But they are trying to make it a little bit worth it. So um, I hope... I mean, I, I, I think that's a good thing. At yeah. least At least they're trying to make for that sure. money worth it to some extent. I just think it is a little bit unfortunate that... You can no longer play online without paying in you know under under most consoles now uh and I don't know I, I i guess it's just the norm now, but um that is kind of like an unfortunate trend maybe to some people
0: um it isn't it isn't I mean I guess if you own all of the consoles, this is probably pretty expensive where you had to pick and choose which online service you'd wanna use. I had PS now, oh, sorry PS Plus for a couple of years, and it was really cool. They give you two free games every month, sometimes more actually, and sometimes they're really good games. Like I've gotten Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero, I've gotten Transistor on there, I've seen some really awesome games for free. So they do make it worth it in that regard, and you get a lot of sales and you get online gameplay. I think for me, I just don't play that much. I don't play that many games online.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm somewhat similar. Uh, my gaming time is limited as it is, so it's hard to find time for like all these games, but I, I think a lot of people really appreciate uh, all the stuff, all the offerings that they're giving, especially the ones that are for free.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Nintendo's service is yet to be seen. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm hoping it's going to be something a little better than free NES games. Not that I don't like NES, but just saying.
1: Yeah, I really hope that they add, that they add to that service and it's not just NES games. Like, we got to see some GameCube going on. I I really want GameCube stuff on the Switch.
0: Yeah, or even like uh, something like PlayStation does, like make some of the games, some of the sales bigger. Like you get some really good sales deals if you like subscribe to it or you get something like um, way back in the day, like Sega, Sega Channel, where you can like rent games every month or something. There's so many things you can do.
1: Yeah, I, I think they will develop some of this stuff. I think Nintendo's like shown that this gen with the Switch especially they're willing to like make some changes going forward. Um and I, I hope I hope that they, they do change a little bit when it comes to how they treat their older libraries. But I guess that remains to be seen, right?
0: For sure, yeah. I don't know how that's gonna work out. I mean It's weird because PS3 had so many PlayStation 1 and 2 games. Nintendo's offered up its library pretty heftily up to the N64. So hopefully we get more of that happening in the future. I don't want to see older genera, I don't want to see older games die. I don't want to see them dead on new, new generations and new consoles. I love older games. I think there's a lot of older games that newer gamers can still love. And yeah, that's, I, 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 that's an important part of gaming for me, especially as I get older.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and just like also, uh, we're talking about like games. Cause I think a lot of older gamers also tend to be kind of retro gamers. Like we, we definitely appreciate older, older titles and older games. And I think kind of part of that is sort of our, uh, interest in having mostly like physical media. And I'm definitely one. If, if I spend like $60 on a game, I definitely want a physical disc or something physical like a physical cartridge i really like those physical things um i really feel like they they give the games a lot more persistence and you feel you feel like you're more connected to the game and it also feels like maybe that you'll be able to play the game later once you know like the online services don't work or something like that but how do you feel about that
0: I 100% agree. I find that like most of the games that I bought digitally, especially at a full price, I regret buying like that.
1: Oh, I've reso- dude, I bought Persona 5 digitally, and I regret <laughs> it so much.
0: I'm really liking <sighs> Persona 5. I bought Persona 5 yeah. when I was visiting the States, and it came out in that time. So I have a really awesome like steel book copy.
1: Yeah, that's cool, man. But man, yeah, we like... could
0: we could spend a minute. Like what games do you regret buying digitally the most?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Persona 5 is big. So, I bought I bought Mario Kart Deluxe on uh on the Switch uh digitally. I I regret that somewhat, but it is like really nice to be able to just like always have Mario Kart. It's actually a game where I'm very happy to have digitally just because it's always on my Switch and I can always take it with me. You know, it's not like I'm I'm forgetting the little cartridge when I go somewhere, so so I actually kind of like having that one.
0: Yeah, I think but, that's actually a pretty good. Um, if you're going to buy something on the virtual console or buy something online, that's a pretty good choice.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I just I really hope that they continue to get, to give us this physical option. I hope that we're not approaching a generation where it's completely digital for some for some of these consoles. I mean, who knows, man we may be at the end of the physical time.
0: (laughs) That's really hard. That's a theoretical debate right now. It's really hard to say. I hope not, though. Yeah, I really hope not because, you know, I have the same thing. I bought Uncharted 4 digitally, and I wish I had that physically. And there's a Mm -hmm. few other ones. I bought um, Witcher 3 is another one. I don't have a physical copy of Witcher 3. That's on my PS4. Um, And, yeah, I guess, like, another reason is you buy these games and you beat them, and there's no way you can, like, trade them or sell them. If like, mm-hmm. you want to. So there are certain games that I know that I buy that I'm never going to want to play again. And I'm like, hey, maybe I could trade this to someone for a different game. But you can't do that if you buy it digitally. It's just sitting yeah. there and it's just taking up space or just, you know, it's just there. And, you know, there's definitely games I've traded because like in an example, like No Man's Sky, I bought No Man's Sky, didn't really like it, traded it. If I bought that digitally, that would just be sitting there and I wouldn't have another game I traded it for.
1: Yeah, and you really you really give up the later value of the game completely when it's digital. Like you can no longer do anything with it. It's just on your account forever. Yeah.
0: So. And eventually it'll just probably disappear in the ether somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh but but I mean it is great. Like like I uh let my friend borrow Mario Odyssey and he played through that. You know, I just gave him the little disc. Like it's just nice to be able to have that local uh, ability to share your games, to trade your games. It's just, I feel like that's such a great part of gaming because it's part of the culture of it all. And I think we really need that physical uh, quality to gaming. I think it's important.
0: And I'm pretty skeptical it's going to disappear. I really don't think that. I don't want to get into this too much now, but I'm pretty skeptical that we're not going to have any physical games anytime soon. But. I also would say on the flip side that it's a great option for like indie companies and smaller companies to develop cheaper games that they don't necessarily want to spend the money to print out a bunch of CDs or DVDs or manuals or plastic cases. It's great for those yeah, companies yeah. that are just starting out to just be able to release something digitally and see how they do. So on the flip side, it's really awesome that you can buy games exclusively um, on the eShops. Yeah. Oh man,
1: and you know I've heard that there's there's actually I wish I had the the actual URLs I could mention right now. But there's there's actually companies now that are taking titles that are only that are e-shops e-shop exclusives like from indie indie game uh ma- makers and they're actually releasing developers. or developers. <laughs> yeah. They were they were re- <laughs> they're releasing uh physical cartridges for these indie games for like selected selected games so that's cool
0: i've definitely seen quite a bit of them like i saw the games like darkest dungeon and like uh, wild mm-hmm. guns i saw there's a number of these games that were getting digital i'm uh, sorry physical releases on play asia
1: yeah i mean that's cool so i think i think that basically tells us that there's a market demand for physical and it even covers indie games that are in the e-shop
0: <laughs> which is really cool that's awesome i, <laughs> yeah. I want to see some of these companies get some bigger recognition in the future Uh, before we we end up uh, finishing this podcast here let's talk about a few things like what does this generation mean to the future in the history of gaming what will it be remembered by
1: i mean i think it will be remembered by just the refinement of a lot of genres and i think in my opinion especially with games like god of war Um, we're starting to see experiences that resemble movies and tv shows and i think gaming is quickly approaching that level of refinement and you know it's just more it's just like a movie that's more interactive and i think we're beginning to see the development of that kind of genre where you're getting a a, almost like a a, a movie experience and um we've, we've always had similar sorts of things in previous generations, but I just feel like that's a huge development that we've really seen, especially in this generation. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot that you could potentially you know, answer that question with. What were your thoughts?
0: Well, I completely agree on the cinematics. I mean, it's amazing how many games can seem like movies now. And not every game does it brilliantly, but I think you mentioned God of War. That's a game, I mean, it never pans away from the characters the camera's constantly following you and never stops and the characters are constantly talking throughout it and there's constantly new like enlightenments to the world the lore the characters backstories it's just amazing it's no longer game critics could would have a really really hard time saying that game isn't a piece of art or a game like the last of us which is actually technically last generation yeah. But yeah, I absolutely agree. The cinematics and games, and the budgets they have, and the ability to get professional voice actors—that has done a tremendous amount to kind of bridge the gap between, I guess, movies and games, and how much they can kind of be alike and borrow borrow from each other, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a huge a huge thing that I that I feel uh, this generation will be will be remembered for. But, I mean, also, I just think this generation just has just had so many great games. Like, we're just in such a great time uh right now. And I think, you know, they just announced that the PS4 is in the end of its life cycle. And I feel like, well, for a lot of us, it's actually kind of, like, sad. <laughs> we're, we're pretty happy with the PS4, man.
0: We're pretty happy with the PS4 and it did have we had the PS four pro that kind of I guess would seem like it would extend the life cycle of the PS4 to a certain extent. But I yeah. mean be very careful. When you say the end of the life cycle, we're still talking like two thousand twenty at the earliest, probably twenty twenty one maybe.
1: I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I mean, it's not it's not quite time to like ring the bell and put the PS4 to bed yet, you know. <laughs> it's still it's still got a little ways to go. And 2018, I mean, it's, it's they haven't let up. There's great games all the time for the PS4. And they're still going to come out till the end of this year. Like, it's definitely, it's not dead yet. It's not even close to dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they tweeted that out. And, you know, everyone's losing their minds over it. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I just wanted to say, like, it's amazing that we, we're so lucky to have this generation be so successful for so many companies because of all the failures or the kind of letdowns we've had with like stuff like the PS Vita not being supported, the Nintendo Wii U essentially failing, Xbox yeah. not doing so well, it's amazing that we've had so many great games despite all these setbacks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the 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 indie development world and the game developers have diversified enough where they can jump between consoles and it doesn't necessarily matter if we, if we have like a couple console failures this generation, like they can still find places to put their games and, you know, people want to play good games. So um, I think it, it's kind of lended it, lended, lended the the gaming world to being successful this generation.
0: For sure. Yeah. There's, we need competition, competition between the consoles, but we also need competition between the companies and the developers and all kinds of great games coming out for a console. And that's what you're seeing, is companies are kind of rising above what the console wars were.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it really is a, a unique time for, for games. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where things go going forward.
0: Okay, well, I think that we had a pretty good discussion there. Uh,
1: yeah, man. Talked about a lot of cool stuff.
0: For sure. Um Guys, thanks for listening to us. We had a lot of fun in this conversation and there was quite a bit we didn't talk about that we uh planned on talking about. So we had a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love to hear your feedback. What did you like in this generation? What did you not like? What games were your favorites? Tell us anything you want to tell us and we would love to hear it and discuss it with you. And please tell us if there's anything that we said that you disagree with. We would love to chat about it. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys for episode number four.